Hey there, welcome to the LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Matt Dumont, an LSAT teacher and tutor at the LSAT Demon, and a 3L at the University of Maryland. With me is Paige Gillard, and she is a recent Demon student and law school acceptee. <laughs> How are you doing, Paige? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show and talking about your LSAT journey. So um, I introduced you as a law school acceptee. Do you want to clarify what that means? Yeah, um, I applied to a decent amount of law schools um, like a month or two ago, and I've accepted to four so far. So I need at least I know I'll be going somewhere. <laughs> awesome. So for those of you who, uh, who are um, sort of on your own journey, applying early in the cycle, like before Christmas time, your Christmas presents or your holiday presents might be some law school acceptances with some good scholarships, question mark. We couple got some... full rides, couple more than half. So awesome. So Paige did it right. She applied early in the cycle and already has full tuition scholarships. So you can, you know, everyone has different priorities and we sort of we certainly recommend, you know, don't pay for law school, go to law school for free. You have that option. How does that feel? It's crazy. When I first saw the, the first one was a full ride and I didn't expect it at all. I didn't even think I'd hear anything. And I was like, whoa, I can already go for free. It's just such a relief to be able to know that I don't have to go into debt if I choose to. Like everyone's circumstances are different, but it saves me a lot of uh, stress already in the long process of the emissions cycle. So Amazing. And you can use those full rides to neg potentially negotiate with some competitive schools that might not have, which is always, of course, part of the game. So great. Congratulations on your acceptances already and some full rides and your awesome scholarships. I'm sure you're going to kill it out there. But we want to talk about how you got to that point. How did you get those scholarships? And so I want to ask about your LSAT journey. That's what we're here to, to talk about today is your LSAT journey. Where did you start from? Where did you end up? Let's get some big picture um, uh, sort of framing for that. Yeah. So I started back in December of 2021. I was like, oh, I should start studying for the LSAT. Thought it was going to be like a three month process. <laughs> it was way longer than that. I took a cold diagnostic. It was 134. Okay. So it was very, uh, I was disappointed, but can't do much about it. Just study from there. Yep. It's it's where you start, right? It's not where you end up. That's just where you start. And, and it's like, the starting point of your journey. It's the trailhead, if you will. You get to decide how far along the trail you go. 134, we've seen people make huge improvements from that. So where did you end up? Yeah, so I studied. Uh, I didn't even start studying until like the end of February. because so I was like, eh, I have time. So I put it off, study, started studying. I was with a different prep company for four months. Okay, and then they I shall the go June... unnamed. <laughs> yeah, I took the June test. I got a 159. Hey, I already. was happy. That's huge, right? 134 to 159. Was that 25 points? I'm not good at math. That's already amazing, right? Like that's a huge improvement, but you continued studying because you got hungry. Where did you go from there? Yeah, I took September after I studied all summer. I started with the demon immediately, like after I got my June score. And then I did demon live for the whole time until September. Took okay. September, got 169. And I was like, amazing. Super happy. That was, uh, that was a very good score. That was higher also for people wondering, that was higher than any of my practice tests up to that point. So okay. 
unexpected. I didn't think I would even get that. My highest practice test before that was a 167. Amazing. So 134 to a 169. Uh, again, my math is a little rusty, but that seems like a amazing 35 point improvement and just like astronomically different. Like if you had rolled into test day, which some people do without studying at all, got a 134, 135, one, any, anywhere in the 130s, the likelihood of you going to law school is zero. Like not to any place, like maybe the worst law school in the country and you're going to pay full price. You're at 169. You're applicable to like the best law schools in the country. You can apply. Did you apply to any of the the schools in the top 14? I did. I applied to Berkeley, um, okay. UVA, uh, Michigan. Okay. And that's pretty much it, I think. <laughs> Those are the only um, ones I wanted to go to. <laughs> amazing. But like that's not like guaranteed by any respect, but that's a potential school for you now because you've made this life-changing improvement. That's phenomenal. So in about, uh, you said you started studying in February, you took the September LSAT. That was the one you got um, a 169 on. So uh, again, seven, eight months around in there and 35 points of improvement. That's amazing. So what helped you in your studies? Like, Tell uh, tell the listeners, you know, what what, what guided you through um, uh, what was particularly helpful. Um, you mentioned that you came over to the demon. We're super thrilled that you studied with us. We're super thrilled that you went up an additional 10 points. Some people would stop at 159. You were like, no, I know there's more in the tank. So what got you um, all the way up? Yeah. So after I got my 159, I was like happy, but I knew that if I wanted to go to the schools I was aiming for, I had to do more with my previous company. It was a lot of formal, like technical diagrams and mm -hmm. things like that. And I could not break into the one sixties. Like just, I couldn't do it. I tried, but then I started with demon. And the one thing that made me really realize is everything is just common sense like read the words like the demon really preaches that it's like read the words and what do they say right mm -hmm. before i was like reading the words but i wasn't even using my brain or my english to know what they were saying so that is one big big thing is just reading them and actually understanding like from your experience in your life is like what does this sentence say and what do you think it means yep and from there everything just kind of changed my whole studying just kind of bounced off into making more sense of especially logical reasoning and reading comp. Sure. The games were always my best section. So you're specifically, um, Matt, shout out his demon classes for logic games and circle slash. If anyone doesn't know what circle slash is, it's like for an in and out type of game. If you classify games, but at the demon, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> We could we could talk about game types sort of like casually, but like every game is a little unique. So like, eh, how much does that help you? And in out games are just a sort of special version of two group games, all that fun stuff. So um, that that's awesome. The so uh, what uh, you said games are your strong point. I love that. I'm such a game aficionado. Um, what was helpful for you there? Learning how to do worlds and actually doing worlds in every single every single problem I came across and slowing down. 
like it, especially in every single section slowing down before I'd race the clock. I'd always have the timer on and I'd race the clock until to get every question done. And I stopped doing that and I would only get to like game three, but I mm. drastically saw my accuracy start going up. And then that's how I pushed my way into the one sixties is by not even finishing the section, like yeah. just getting questions one through 15, like hundred percent correct. Right. Yep. Yeah. Stringing off long strings of correct answers. You're not going to get 15 in a row by luck. Like that's, you got it by understanding. And then you're building the foundation to tomorrow. Maybe you get to question 16 and get one through 16. Correct. Super awesome. So, um, I'm going to ask on your, uh, test attempt that you got a 169 on, did you finish the test that day? I did not finish reading comp. I finished games and I knew I can, you can kind of tell if you like got all the games, right? So right. I knew I got zero in games and I LR, I felt pretty good, but I didn't finish reading comp. I left the last like four questions. Just, okay. I clicked answers. <laughs> yeah. So of course, bubble in answers for the ones you don't get, get, uh, get to, but for anybody who's like in the one sixties or one fifties, and you're going, hey, how do I get to the high 160s or the 170s? How do I push into there? You can get there and you should get there without finishing the test. Finishing the test can actually be super harmful because you're speeding through the low hanging fruit and potentially missing some of those easy ones instead of and, and then instead getting to the hard ones at the end and, you know, struggling on those potentially too. Why leave the, long, the, the low hanging fruit unpicked? I love that. That's super awesome. So um, what felt different on the day that you scored above your best ever? That's amazing. I really took my time and every, and I didn't worry about the clock. That's one big thing. I, my first attempt in June, I was so stressed out about finishing, about getting answers right. I was overthinking them. I reread questions and you shouldn't do that. You should read it so enough the first time that you don't have to reread it. So yep. that was something I practice continuously over the summer is just rereading the reading comp sentence. Oh, I didn't get it. Oh, I don't know if I have time to reread it. No, go back, reread it and just slow down. Right. Like I, even in the actual September test, I slowed down and I took so much time on the first reading comp passage, but I knew I felt good. I felt like I got hundred percent of them. Right. So then I could move on with ease and everything just felt more comfortable instead of like rushing through and being worried and having anxiety about the questions that I might not have understood because I was going so fast. Right. So you continued doing what was successful for you getting into the one sixties and you just continued doing that. And you know, maybe there's some luck of the draw there that it like spoke like the, the, maybe the hardest section for that test was games and you killed it anyway. So there's some good fortune maybe, but realistically what paid off was understanding the stuff and doing the right amount for page. That's so awesome. That's so, that's so thrilling. I'm going to ask the question. 169, super awesome. 35 points already. Do you want to be the first person to tell us that you got 40 points of improvement? Is there any more uh, attempts in the tank? I took, so I did take November, actually. Okay. I took November and I was really feeling good. I was like, oh, I did it. I can do it. <laughs> I got a 169 again, which okay. I'm super happy with. Same score. Like, even if it was lower, it's still fine because schools care about your best score. So I wasn't worried disappointed, but I sure. decided to apply. I applied like 
immediately after I got that score. Cause sure. I knew I wanted to apply this cycle. And I was like, if the 169 happened, if the 170 something happens for me in November, then that's amazing. But I'm also happy, like really happy with my 169. Cause I never knew that I would, I could even get that score Sure. after like the long seven, eight months of studying. So, uh, yeah, maybe a little tiny bit of regret, not <laughs> trying again, but I'm still happy. I'm still happy. No, you should be. And I'm not asking for regret. I'm asking for, uh, whether, whether you're greedy. Um, did you score above 169 on some of those practice tests leading up to November? Only two. I got a 171 twice. Okay. So it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Possible, but I get like, hey, this was in or maybe at like your sort of wheelhouse, which makes sense. Um, that's phenomenal. Congratulations again. Um, so uh, you mentioned some demon stuff. Uh, it, you, you were um, one of our live subscribers. So we got to see you in classes, which is amazing. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Worlds. Worlds is by far, of course, uh, uh, the most efficient way to do the logic games. You can know you got everything perfect, which is phenomenal. Any um, uh, demon stuff in LR or reading comp that you want to point people towards? Yeah, um, logical reasoning. There is something to say about just understanding it and specifically making predictions. I never made predictions with my previous uh, studies. And so when I came to the demon, I was like, what the heck is this? How do I do this? <laughs> like, I was like, so lost. And I, I kind of like ignored it for the first, like three, three, four, four weeks I was with you guys. Cause I was like, ah, it doesn't really matter. No, no. If anyone's listening to this, do it. Like it, it helps so much, especially you have prediction mode on your dashboard now, which gives you the time to think about what you just read before you go into the question. And it helps you just identify what's wrong with the, the stimulus, especially in logical reasoning, like yep. finding out what's wrong with it or how it's weak, how it's not uh, proven or all these problems before I went into the question, stop me from having ABC or B and C to pick between like deciding between answers before mm. I would have like A and D open. I'm like, Oh, which one's better? No, yeah. they're not. There's no better. There's no, it's which one's right. And this one is really wrong. Like, and yep. predicting helps you because you have an answer or something similar that you can like think about when you're reading answer choices and you can eliminate them easily. That's awesome. I think prediction mode is such a, um, a an awesome sort of like, hold on a second. Are you doing this? Pause. Think about it for a second. Have a complaint about the argument. Have make a prediction based on that. Super, super valuable. Um, uh, Fantastic. Fantastic advice. So we got worlds in prediction mode. I think those are two great recommendations. Um, do you have any more general advice towards uh, people who want to be you, who want to be in your position um, starting or, or next December? You know, people who are starting to ramp up their studies now or, or thinking about studying for the outset. What kind of general advice do you um, potentially have? Yeah. When I first started, I thought you had to study like full time. Like I was like, Oh, I'm going to study every single day for like five, six hours and make this my whole entire life. Right. And I did that for four months and it got me improvement, but I was burning out way too fast. Like, mm -hmm. and then I just stopped like no improvement. I might, I couldn't think about what I was reading. I was just so tired and like, I didn't see my friends and all these things. So not making the also doesn't have to be your full-time job. Like you guys really preach just one hour studying a day. And I was so hesitant to take that on when I started with you, but actually I just started doing like, 
I only did two hours a day from June to September when I made that 10 point improvement. And that's it. Like just studying and actually focusing on the two hours intentionally and like being clear headed made all of that indifference. So that's just something I would really like to say is that you don't have to make the LSAT your full-time job and you can make astronomical improvements just from studying like one or two hours a day. Yeah. And, and I just want to highlight how much, like how difficult it is to go from 159 to 169. Like you're clawing one more correct question, two more correct questions, and you can't miss all these kind of things. It's so much harder to go from 159 to 169 than I think it is to go from the 130s to, for instance, to the 150s. Like those journeys are vastly different in difficulty. And you did that by studying less because it allowed you to prioritize to make those two hours really count. It's quality over quantity. And you didn't burn out. You were avoiding the mental mush of just like shoving in more attempts, pulling the slot machine, so to speak. Super, super awesome. Great, great advice. I, I think that's, I, I want to highlight that. What did you do with your time since you uh, weren't studying full time? I also worked through this entire process. So yeah, I, I would just like what I had surgery during fe in February. So my first couple months of studying, I didn't work. I was just studying full time. But sure. then as soon as June hit, I studied, I worked all summer and just studied before work, after work, weekends, kind of literally whenever, sometimes I wouldn't study for like five days. <laughs> and, <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> it's not good for me, but, um, but like, like thinking I would go onto the demon and look at the questions. Like even if you wanted to do one LR question or like reading comp and I reading comp was my worst section. So I knew that I had to prioritize it. So I did one reading comp passage every single day for like two months. Amazing. I, I had like just giving myself little goals and tasks to achieve. And so that, that they weren't super large and so that I knew I wouldn't fail at them really helped me. Just like that 15 minutes or 10 minutes of the reading comp passage every single day. And if I had time or if I wanted to do a full section or practice test, then you do more. But in the end, just like those little things that I knew that I could accomplish was um, giving me satisfaction and giving me improvement at the same time. Yeah, I think, uh, again, like that's just such sound advice. Someone who's in the 130s doesn't wake up and go, I'm going to go to the 160s, blah, 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 right? It's like, you got to go, okay, how do I get to 140? Then how do I get to 145? And so you get to those goals by doing one passage, not 10 tests. It's You're setting a comp, uh, goals that you can accomplish that over the course of the time get you that 35-point improvement, which is just, again, astronomical and life-changing, but also you're doing those larger goals by setting the small intermediate and, and those kind of things along your journey. Just such sage advice. So awesome. Okay. I got one last question for you. Uh, do you know what kind of law you're interested in, uh, where you might want to go to school? Are you coming to the States for your studies? What do you think? So I am from Canada. Mm -hmm. So I'll, if I go to the States, I'll be an international student. So I applied to Two Canadian schools because I don't really want to go here. <laughs> Just <for> okay. Backup. <laughs> sure. Um, I do want to come to the states. I want to pursue a clerkship. I I have like a specific plan, but I want to pursue Great. a clerkship my first year out of uh, law school. Then awesome. I want to transfer into 
uh, prefer like a larger firm, like a big law firm work, sure. um, litigation patents, transactional, we'll see what I gravitate okay. towards, but that's the plan right now. We're we'll see if it changes, but you never know what you like when you get in there. Awesome. Well, if I can offer any advice to people who want to go the clerkship route, because I'm going to be clerking um, after I graduate, make sure, even though it kind of, no one is like, ooh, journal, man, I just want to do journal so badly. Um, uh, because journal for the most part is pretty tedious. It's not awesome, um, but it's really important. It's not a requirement for every judge. But a lot of them do require it. And even if it's not blatantly required, it's like a, it looks kind of odd if you don't have that. Uh, so it, it might even be like a soft requirement. And so if there's one singular thing that can be particularly helpful in that respect, um, journal is a great one. And also judicial interning while you're in school working for a judge. What's a great way to work for another judge? Work for one that will then call your judges that you're interested in and be like, yeah, this person was great in my chambers. Loved them. Awesome. Cool. Uh, I, I can't, I can't wait to see how that turns out for you. I was just going to say, especially this whole process, like the demon specifically changed my law school. Like it changed everything because as an international student, I don't qualify for federal loans. So okay. I don't, I don't get, I don't get aid. Like, and okay. my like Canada doesn't give a uh, government aid for international schools in law school in the States. So sure. if I don't have a full ride, I have to save up 200 K. I don't know. Like I, there's just, there's not a lot of way for me to pay for it because my parents, my parents don't have that kind of funds right now. So sure. the demon like pretty much made me actually going to law school in the States possible with 159. I wouldn't have gotten the full rides at the schools I wanted to. Amazing. Well, I just want to uh, highlight one last thing, and that is uh, the demon didn't make anything possible. We well, maybe we made it possible. We showed we you the, the door. doors. Yeah. And there we go. We op to 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 use that analogy. We opened the door. You were the one who walked through it. You were the one who did the work and improved again. Just phenomenal um uh 35 points i, I want to congratulate you from all of us here at the demon that's truly awesome we hope you keep in touch we hope you let us know where you end up going and uh, uh you know right into the show let us know some updates after you hit 1l um any parting thoughts yeah just that if there's anyone struggling with like the mental like part of this i was really down on myself not thinking I was stuck in the one fifth, the high one fifties for like three, four months. So you like, don't give up. Like you can do it, right? Like you just have to sit back and reevaluate and just set those little goals. And I think anyone can get there if they really want it. Awesome. To use the analogy that Ben and Nathan talked about on the Thinking LSAT podcast that came out today, you need to be mouse number two that's churning that butter into uh, uh, churning that milk that cream into butter. Um, and that was a reference that they were uh, talking about from uh, Catch Me If You Can, the awesome uh, movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> okay, well, awesome. Paige, thank you so much for coming on um, uh, the show. Thank you so much for your uh, sharing your journey and advice. 
Um, again, congratulations from all of us. Uh, you're a different candidate. You're going to go to different schools for different prices than was possible, even with your 159, let alone um, your initial score. Congratulations um, uh, and best of luck to you on your journey. If you'd like to be on the show, email daily at lsatdemon.com. If you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT, LSAT or law school admissions news, thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.